Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and Disney Deciphered. Joe, you can probably hear my voice. I don't have much of it left. It's been a crazy weekend in Orlando with MTM Diamond members. Uh, Following the time I spent in Hyatt last week, I was able to kind of record that little intro to kind of do it, but I want to hear your thoughts on Hyatt a little bit later. But first, how are you doing? I'm good. You definitely have that uh, meetup voice going on. Uh, not even in Vegas, but, you know, Orlando, the Vegas for kids. The Vegas for kids, except uh, we brought 35 miles and points uh, crazies, not any kids. So it was all adults. Uh, Saturday, we did, you know, drinking, eating around the world at Epcot. And that was always fun. We, we did that two years ago, but we got like almost uh, an entirely new group of people. A lot of, a few, re- a few repeats, but yeah, it was really cool. A lot of people hadn't been there in a long time doing stuff that they hadn't done and kind of ditching their kids and being adults. So, yeah, you don't need a kid for Disney. Who needs kids? What uh, I assume you guys like went to do some stuff besides just drinking. What were like, what What do you feel like, you know, as a Disney fan running around with like multiple non-Disney people who just like happen to be in Disney, what do you feel like resonated the most with people or did anything resonate besides just, you know, drinking you know i'm a little self-conscious right as being the disney fan like bringing people who are non as being the disney fan bringing people who are non-disney fans to the parks i remember two years ago i was like really self-conscious and like almost felt uh like responsible when they didn't like rides you know joe and we're talking disney because it's relevant here but we will have other topics to cover on this show but uh, there's a boat ride in the land pavilion at epcot called living with the land which for Disney fans, it's a lovely ride. People really love it. Uh, it's very much old school Disney. It's a boat ride through like greenhouses and it talks about, you know, I don't know, the land, I guess. I don't know. What does it talk about, Joe? But uh, anyway, it's a sort of a boring ride and it's sort of not something that the average outside person would love, but Disney fans love. And I'm so self-conscious about that. So people actually like that, though. But I think, uh, you know, Soren was popular. They have the Soren over California, the throwback for the 100th, which I love. You know, I've been visiting DCA since it was, since it debuted in 2001. So uh, Soren over California, I love that. People really liked Ratatouille, even though, you know, I don't have a popular uh, opinion on that. It's not my favorite ride in the world. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, good. But drinking, eating, I wasn't drinking anything, but I was eating around the world. Some people drink in every country. Some people had a few drinks, so it was a lot of fun. It was cool to take people into like the American Adventure. We went to like the Beauty and Beast, uh, the Beauty and the Beast sing along, and you got a bunch of adults singing. So yeah, it was good. And I had never been to the Beauty and the Beast sing along, so there was even things that I had never done that we were able to do uh, as a group. But we petered out early. We didn't even stay for Epcot forever one of the last showings of that uh, temporary show. But uh, yeah, it, it, good times all around. And 
I have to say, the true uh, hero was Guardians of the Galaxy. I think everybody really loved the Guardians of the Galaxy coaster, so that was probably their favorite. Yeah, you weren't, uh, I mean, you weren't not a fan of it, but, like, I think it didn't blow you away as it has a lot of people. But, you know, I consistently, for as long as people don't feel sick coming off of it, they all seem uh, pretty excited about it. You know, that's, I mean, a full day at Epcot for non-Disney people, you know, props to all of you Diamond members who uh, went out there and living with the land did have the Christmas decorations, right? So that makes it a little bit more festive and nice, but I can't, I can't believe you took people to the beauty and the beast sing along. I, that's like, I, I feel the same way. Like when I'm with, when I'm with not Disney people and I'm, I'm just, I'll just be like, uh, yeah, yeah, we can probably skip that, but you know what? That good on you. Um, and so American adventure too, you know, that's always good for a nap, especially if you've, uh, had a few uh had a few drinks good for a nap and for some uh america wave your flag stuff i i I, it gets me it gets me every time yeah it was cool like we had like i said about 35 people i think a a little over 30 came to the park but the group sort of broke off you know as people had different reservations for different times and things like that so the american adventure i think we had 12 of us together and i was on the end and at one point during the show i looked down the aisle and i think eight of the like 11 other people we're sleeping during the American Adventure. Now, I will not sleep in these shows because if I take a nap for five or ten minutes, I will be more miserable afterwards. So I have to make sure I stay awake. So I got to see Samuel Clemens and uh, Benjamin Franklin talk the entire show. But it was entertaining to kind of look over and watch the entire group taking a nap. And they all loved it. They all felt very refreshed afterwards. So it was good. And, yeah, very nice all around. I went to Magic Kingdom today with Benji. And, you, oh, by the way, you can blame the, the sing-along with Beauty and the Beast uh, on Benji because he made us do that. Of I guess course. the point of all this. <laughs> oh my gosh! Of course it was Benji. Of course Benji, you were the one. Oh man, I should I should I should have clocked that from the beginning. But you know, I think this just says that adults can have fun at, no matter where they are, and you know, I guess that's sort of the goal with, with these sorts of meetups, these social meetups that we're having, uh, is sort of just you know spending our lives together a little bit and having fun and sometimes doing things that we no- wouldn't normally do and i feel like the takeaway from the weekend was a pretty good one i went to magic kingdom today with benji so this is the two of us hanging out got to do tron the us version of tron so uh, that was fun as well since i hadn't been on it since 2019 in shanghai and uh, i definitely think it's a better coaster than guardians you want to shoot me joe i don't know there's a lot of disney fans that want to shoot me but uh, there's my uh, hot take on all of it, but I loved it. I like Guardians. I like all of it in uh, Disney World. Not too hot. This is a great time of year to visit. It's not too busy yet with all the holiday stuff. If you pick the right parks and the weather isn't too bad, although it's been in the 80s this week, you know, it sure beats June weather. So uh, that was all good. The Diamond Group, before we move on from the meetup, I just want to say thank you to everybody who came. It's so fun hanging out with people and really getting to know people, and there's people I get to know over time as they come to multiple meetups and, you know, getting to establish relationships with all of them. And I think the takeaway for a lot of people is that uh, they love being able to talk about all this nerdy stuff, not just like the spending and the credit cards and all the other nerdy stuff we talk about, but just life and countries and, you know, the things that we can't relate to, like our normal friends and family about, we can just do that, you know, talk about all the countries we visited without people thinking we're bragging or, you know, just find out new places to go or, you know, mention places like Singapore and not have everybody look at you like you're insane for talking about it when, you know, everybody's been there or half the people in the room. So very good. Lots of new people 
Super excited. I was happy. I'm ready to go home, though, tomorrow. After going to Chicago to see Hyatt and then coming here for the meetup, as you said, I'm getting old, Joe, and I, 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 need, uh, I need some rest. I need to get home. So uh, I don't know if I'm going anywhere for a while. Except I said that off air. I said that off air, but uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we are definitely. You know, I'm curious. You obviously can't time these things, but when news hits like before a meetup, I'm always curious, like kind of what the energy is about it. And I know you're going to ask me my opinion on the Hyatt thing, but I feel like half the fun of uh, being in this community is just hearing different opinions, arguing a little bit about, you know, whether things are good or bad. What was the general vibe about the high changes? And maybe, maybe like people didn't even care. Um, you know, I think I really do feel like these changes, I was thinking about it later. I was like, ah, oh, these changes are bigger to us uh, who are like Hyatt loyalists than, um, which, which makes sense. But even, you know, I don't think they're massive changes, but I'm curious, what was the energy like? I think the energy was overall positive because I think the changes are overall positive. Uh, and again, you're going to, opine on it very soon but uh, yeah largely positive people do have you know complaints guest of honor unlimited being lost that is something for people and there is one big scenario where i've met now quite a few people who have used it and that's for like big family gatherings and i met i think three people this weekend and i've talked to a few other people since talking with hyatt who have that exact scenario where they've had like a wedding or something big and they were able to book six seven rooms with guest of honor and you know get everybody the benefits and that's not going to be possible under the new program or, you know, depending on how many certs, I guess, but it's going to be more limited. So that is sort of one thing. Pretty universal people like to complain about the ultimate free night at 150 nights, which, you know, I said this, I think, last week. Uh, But if I didn't say it on my little add-in last week at the beginning, this certificate didn't exist before. Now it exists, so maybe they can do promos with it. Maybe things will change. But if it didn't exist and it exists now, is that not a good thing? Plus, at 100 nights, you're getting another Category 1 through 7 where you didn't before. So even though you might not like Category 1 through 7, I think you and I both know how valuable those certs are, even if they don't include the Category 8s. I mean, they're still worth many, many hundreds of dollars. Um, There's lots of Category 7 hotels are routinely six dollars to $800 a night. So I feel like it's a little short-sighted to complain about that. Yeah, I think overall, I, I think the most telling thing about these changes is that I have to actively think to remember kind of the main points, which means, you know, obviously I wasn't blown away positively by anything, but also I'm not like super upset or mad about anything. I definitely know people who do multiple guest of honor reservations and things like that. And I do think losing that sucks a little bit. Um, But at the same time, you know, for the majority of globalists, um, that's not going to be a big deal. And for those who probably do multiple guests of honors, like if you think about normies who are doing like a lot of guests of honors, they're probably people who are staying in Hyatt's close to 150 nights a year. So uh, I think that um, overall, I think it's good. I do like that. I, I, I did really feel like, so I keep doing this thing where like I screw up and I hit globalist too early and then I'm still using the credit card a little bit. So maybe I'll get another two nights here or there and then I'll have like a last minute stay um, and all that. And it always felt like, oh, when I hit 70 nights, it's just kind of like whatever. Right. But now, you know, with uh, like you said, the cat one to seven cert at 100 nights and just um, an extra guest of honor, which is not the hugest thing, but like at 70, 80, 90, and you know, whatever other things 
and perks you get at those levels. I think it's it's just good to spread it out a little more and give a little bit more incentive. I, I, I think Hyatt was smart. I, I've been saying this about a lot of companies lately. Smart slash devious. Like they are going to reward their true, true, super loyal, super staying a lot of time members a lot more while still not taking a ton away from those who only hit, only quote unquote, hit 60. So I think overall it's a positive changes and still wish we could do some more stuff like being able to redeem guests of honor online is great, but uh, would be great if we could just do point transfers online without a random form. And it also would be great if, you know, we had said in the episode recorded before you added your addendum, like we had said, Oh, let us top off the cat one to seven certs still aren't able to do that but i guess that gives hyatt room to grow still quote unquote yeah i mean in a perfect world they're going to do everything we want and i certainly and i said it last week i talked to them about it i asked them about topping off certs and the sort of thing i got from it is that it's really not something that they care too much about right now but maybe they'll hear more about it i know you know other brands have added it marriott ihg so it is something that's probably on their radar but you know not something they chose to do. The points transfers online, hopefully that's something that comes eventually. I get the feeling that maybe they want to make it not so easy, but uh, I did see they redesigned the form, so it's a little prettier form than it was before, uh, but you still have to email it. Or The, the funny thing is you, up until recently it had fax on it, but no, it's email or uh, mailing it to them. Uh, so that is sucky, and they still don't allow you to combine awards, so you know that's not great, but that's you know, nitpicking because these are rules that they chose. It's not the fact that you can't combine a guest of honor and a free night cert or combine a sweet upgrade or all these things is because they don't want you to be able to. They want you to choose one or the other, and that's sort of something in the program. And I think complaining about guest of honor is valid. It was a, uh, it was a benefit that was unlimited. At least they made guest of honor, you know, better in some ways by, you know, adding that night for the gifter. But Basically, it was unsustainable, and there's no other program giving this. There's no other program with a benefit like this. So you have to kind of take that all into consideration. Yes, you're losing something. I think, based on what I saw, they're going to make things a lot easier online, and hopefully they move more in that direction. Being able to um, apply suite upgrades online would be nice. Being able to transfer points online would be nice. Being able to top off certs would be nice. So, like you said, room to grow, but overwhelmingly positive. And as I said last week, sitting in the room with them, their goals are to improve the program and not to cut it and not to try to make it, you know, financially better by cutting this and that. And that's sort of their mindset is that they're smaller. They're still trying to do better. That's how high it's been for a long time. And it seems like it's going to continue. And it's the reason that everybody in this community loves them. And so I think that's the good news of all of this is that they're committed to not gutting the program and not taking away the program that we love or taking away like the on-property benefits and things like that. So, you know, that's how, I don't know how you can say that this was negative, not that you did, but how people could say that this was negative in any way, but you can't discount the few little nitpicks. I don't know. I'm happy. I've been a top tier Hyatt member paid for, not, uh, not gifted in any way for nine years now. And this just makes me want to keep doing it. And like I said before, this is the status that, uh, you know, I've had this status before. It was cool to have this status in the community. Everybody does Hyatt now, but I've been a Hyatt person. And just talking to people this weekend, people really love their properties. We stayed at the Hyatt Regency Orlando on International Drive, which I think is the third biggest Hyatt in the world and one that I've stayed at many times. Great hotel, great service. 
upgraded everybody in the group. Uh, I had the presidential suite. I booked it for two nights so we could have a party on Friday night, and that was fun to have everybody here. But they gave me the suite for the entire five nights, so I just booked a regular room the other nights. And, uh, you know, just things like that, being able to work with hotels. Being, I mean, Hyatt is really great in that way. And the few times I try to push for little things like that with Marriott or Hilton, I don't get anything. I don't get. I can't even get a checkout. I can't even get a late checkout at like a 50% occupied Marriott most of the time. And that is the difference, I think, between Hyatt and the others. And I said it clearly. I go look for Hyatt first, but I have Marriott status. I have Hilton status. There's plenty of great properties in both of those portfolios, along with all the other big players, IHG and others. And, you know, I don't think you should just narrow it down to one hotel program. You should definitely look at others, but Hyatt is definitely my first choice. And it does seem to be for most people in the community. And I think that's for good reason. Definitely agree. And I forgot about the one night for doing the guests of honor thing, which of course makes sense. Like that's why they can't, you know, make uh like they can't make it unlimited. Otherwise that'd be like a way to game the system. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I agree with all that. So one other little quick thing I want to ask you about while we're, before we move on from this is the changes they made for travel agents since you are a travel agent and I have you on the line. Do you do Privé at all? I know we obviously know you're Disney focused and that's sort of your, your main thing, but you do have the ability to book other stuff. So do you do Privé? I do not. That is something that has to the basically your agency has to either be invited by or work with Hyatt to do Privé and uh, ours doesn't. So uh, we don't do that, which is just as well. It's one less thing for me to learn. I've learned being a travel agent um, while I can do everything. Uh, I feel like as with anything, if you are really good at a few things, it's much better than being like, okay, at a ton of things. So I'm happy to not learn how to do something else. And just to see what I was referencing, for every $5,000 in revenue a Privé agent books, they get two qualifying nights. You also get that for if you're an event planner for every 5000 in spend, but I don't assume that a lot of people out there listening to this are event planners, but I do think a lot of people in the community, as soon as they saw this, had the thought of becoming a Privé agent. Uh, but like you said, it's a lot of work, like just getting it, and you don't get paid on your own booking, so you would have to, you know, actually build a business if you decided to do this. And, you know, I joked with you offline uh, that, you know, I, I had thoughts of becoming a Privé agent. I don't necessarily think I would do that. Maybe I will, who knows. But, yeah, I don't think that this is probably a play for most people in the community just because you actually have to build a business. $5,000 in revenue isn't insignificant, and you're only getting two nights anyway. So you'd have to have a robust business to really generate a significant amount of nights through this. And, you know, you have other ways you could do it through spend and elsewhere. But it's interesting to see that they did that. And for travel agents, it does seem, if they are in the privy thing, they made this significantly better. Because I don't think you got night credit before, right? You could earn uh, certain tier statuses through different revenue that you booked. But you didn't actually get elite qualifying nights and help to combine with your actual stays. And so, yeah, I think they just looked at the program overall and, like I said... uh my biggest takeaway, this was the first time I ever got to sit in the room with Hyatt executives, and I was impressed with you know, what direction they feel like they need to take the program and with how they feel like they need to grow and you know, getting to chat with the head of World of Hyatt, getting to chat with some other executives. It really sort of opened my eyes to why this program is so good is because the people running it are pretty good. Like They, they care. I sat in the room. I could, I'll just say this. 
I've sat with the heads of other programs, or at least the, the head of one other program, and big executives in other programs, and I don't know. This feels like a different group. I don't know how to explain it. They're just less, they, I don't know. They feel less corporate. They feel more like in touch and just like nerding out about different Hyatts with them and different properties and, you know, just, I don't know. They seem to really love the brand more than uh, some others that I've uh, come across. So I don't know how, what that means, but I did, I will disclose, they did fly me out there. They did put me up in a hotel. Like I said, I've earned my status nine years in a row. I've spent uh, tons of points and money over the years on Hyatt. So I pay for all my stays. All my opinions are my own. There was no dictating any coverage. They didn't tell me what to say. They didn't tell me what I had to cover. So everything I said is my own words, but I should say that because it is required and it's the right thing to do to say that they did pay for that stuff. So let's move on. Did you see, <laughs> I think the Biles and Points community went nuts yesterday with Alaska announcing their $1.9 billion acquisition of Hawaiian Airlines. Now, Joe, this is confusing to me because if you remember a couple of years ago, Alaska bought Virgin America and they had a combined fleet, right? Virgin had Airbus and Alaska had Boeing. And then eventually, after they got rid of the Virgin brand, Alaska got rid of all the Airbuses. And then now they're buying Hawaiian Airlines, who runs Airbuses. So that's interesting. But Alaska and Hawaiian, big, big presence to Hawaii. And they say they're going to keep the brand separate, which is very interesting. So Hawaiian Airlines will remain as a brand, but everything will be under the same loyalty program. I worry, though, because Alaska and Hawaiian compete on a lot of routes, and this uh, is one less airline, even if there's two different names, that will be to Hawaii. So we'll see how the long-term impact on it is, but Alaska keep getting bigger. All, all they need is one more acquisition to be like a full-scale airline like the others. Yeah, and I saw a tweet, and it was like Alaska purchased another airline and kind of like destroyed their routes. Is that... I'm trying to think, would that be Virgin America? Well, they purchased Virgin America a couple of years ago. Yeah, is that what you're, what tweet, did you, what tweet are you referencing? I don't, I, don't, I don't even remember what the tweet was. But basically, they were like skeptical that this would be like good for Hawaiian in the long run. I think we'll see. I think Southwest flying to Hawaii really helps um, because at least there's like more competition on those routes there. Um, I, you know, my, I think I've said this before, but. A friend of mine who runs the DCL podcast, Steve Creasy, he flies for Alaska. So, of course, he sent me the meme today about, uh, you know, that guy who's like looking away from one girl and looking at the other. And it was uh, A321neos on one end and then Hawaiian's A321neos on the other end. Um, and so I think it's funny how, you know, that whole Airbus thing is, which is just a bit of an av geek thing. In general, you know, I know everyone knows I'm a JetBlue fan. I am not like a huge fan of the idea of the Spirit merger. Um, if that ends up going through, um, the AA thing was convenient for me, but I didn't know if that was best for competition overall. And so, you know, I'm always cynical about these things. But I think the most amazing thing is that this kind of came out of nowhere. Right. Um, and who knows? Maybe we'll still be talking about this in two years and it's still when I've gone through. But, you know, I just woke up and Leslie, actually, from Disney Deciphered, um, who goes to Hawaii a decent amount since she lives on the West Coast and is a big Southwest fan. She messaged me and she's like, this Alaska Hawaiian news is crazy. And I like I was like, what could possibly be happening between those two airlines? And so it was just a bit of a nuts bit, bit of a crazy announcement overall. 
Yeah, $18 a share is what they're paying. And the stock was trading, I think, under $5 a share. So it was a big premium on what it was on the stock market, which was very interesting. Um, you know, it's $1.9 billion. I think the whole thing is valued at. Southwest is a good point. I mean, Southwest really rocked the Hawaii market with not only their cheaper fares and all their sales to Hawaii, but also the inter-island flights. I don't know if you've ever been on a Hawaiian Airs inter-island flight, but they're, you know, smaller planes. They're less comfortable. And um, and Southwest is flying 737 Maxes, you know, between the islands, so a better experience. And so hopefully that helps. But I do think you're going to see some redundancy, and it's one less airline, even though we'll have two different names flying there. So we'll see how that uh, works out long term. I do want to predict something, Joe. In five years, I believe JetBlue slash Spirit will merge with Hawaiian slash Alaska, and we will have another legacy carrier, nationwide legacy carrier. How do, how do you feel about that prediction? As crazy as it is. I mean, that would cover a lot of the routes that JetBlue doesn't have. So it's it's just... I don't know. I think we're just going to see, you know, we've seen it in the entertainment industry. Um, we've seen it already to some extent in the airline industry. So, yeah, I would, you know, I'll, I'll roll with you on that bet. Um, you know, we're going to have to find someone to take the other side because in five years, yeah, I, I could definitely see that, especially if this JetBlue Spirit thing doesn't go through. Yeah, I actually just came out of my mouth yesterday talking to some people and what a full-fledged airline it would be if you merged JetBlue in Alaska even if you didn't have Spirit mixed in there, they would probably need a hub in the middle of the country, but you have the East Coast with, you know, Fort Lauderdale and uh, Boston and JFK and on the West Coast, LAX and Portland, Seattle. So it would be an interesting airline combined, but Alaska continuing to grow to avoid getting bought, it seems, right? I mean, this was uh, the idea when they bought Virgin America was either get bigger or get bought. And Alaska is staying in, they have a great loyalty program I think among the best food in first class, which maybe doesn't mean anything to people, but great service. And it's just a great airline. And who doesn't like that carpet thing that's on the bulkhead at the front of the planes, right? So, yeah, happy to see this. I don't think it's the end of the world. There's a lot of people who are worried about it. And I know a lot of people in Hawaii are worried about it as far as prices, but we will see. I think it's really cool that they're keeping the Hawaiian Airlines brand. And I, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, look at what they did to Virgin. But they always said Virgin was going away. Virgin was never going to stay when they bought them. And it's unfortunate because Virgin was a cool brand. Did you ever fly Virgin? Yes, I think once. And yeah, they had the mood lighting and stuff like that. And yeah, I really did enjoy the brand. But that always kind of felt, nah, not gimmicky, but just in the same way you were saying, it felt like it was ripe to get bought. And yeah, that is exactly what happened. Yeah, it was a fun airline, and Alaska basically, you know, took all the quirk and fun out of it. Well, they got rid of the planes eventually, but even the, the ones that they had converted before they sold them, they just turned them into regular things, whereas Virgin America was its own brand. But this is different. Hawaii is like a special place. They're not going to get rid of the Hawaiian Airlines brand. They don't need to because they're going to just operate everything under one umbrella, and uh, that's all That's all good. Did you see... Um, Real quick, that Marriott's giving away a cruise, a celebrity cruise. I guess they're offering double points on cruise with points bookings, which I don't think is a good value. So I don't know that I would do that. But uh, you can enter to win a free celebrity cruise. So people should do that. We'll put a link in the description. It's just a giveaway, but you don't need to do anything. You're a Marriott member. Celebrity is a nice cruise line. So I suppose everybody should enter for that. Yeah, I guess so. Everyone's uh, very excited about the Celebrity Ascent right now because it's like their new ship. 
there was like uh 20 something of our agents on it and then actually just a friend of mine randomly happens to be on the inaugural one and he said he booked it with points he was like i was messaging him on instagram so i didn't get to ask him about it so i didn't even know you could book cruises with points maybe because like you said it's a bad value because um i would have heard about it more if uh you know it was a great value yeah generally i don't know cruising with points it seems like it's not always a great value and also it's a pain in the butt um you know often you can't cruise you can't book online and, and stuff like that i don't know I don't know. I don't I never use points. You know, I feel like when I call like city, I tried to do that with their cruise desk back in the day. You know, we had to do it. I just never had a great experience calling over the phone. And when I have a, if I need to book a cruise, I know who to call. I got a good guy. His name's Joe Chung. So uh, why do I need to worry about booking with points when I got my guy over there? Thanks, man. Coming from you, that means a lot. Um, but yeah, I agree. I I, I just feel like uh, with with cruises, unless, unless there's like a huge value, and back when Chase was 1.5x, you know that was getting close to being pretty good value. It's like I've only if, I've said it a million times. Like I use the points to have more luxury experiences with cruises, especially cruises. You know, maybe with Disney Cruise Line uh, because it's so expensive. Like that's one thing. But when you're talking even celebrities' newest ships. Um, Royals, uh, Icon of the Seas is coming online, like all these new ships. They're not, you know, I booked a couple cruises to Alaska and, you know, there's like, they're like a couple thousand, they're like $2,000 for like a seven night cruise, um, you know, so like they're on, on a, like a newer ship. So there, there's so many good cruise deals out there that uh, you can often book with cash and get away with it. Plus, you know, people, <laughs> all the all the miles to memories people who contact me to book their cruises they're always like and let me get this out of the way here they're like can i use my amex offer and yes you can right uh when you're booking with me like i, I will you i can run your amex just the same way you would run your amex online and so with definitely with amex offers i think there was a celebrity one there was a royal one in the past i think when we did the mtm diamond group cruise like a lot of people use the royal uh amex offer and that just saves you even more money so um no no need to even figure out how to use it for points unless of course you're rolling in points and you know don't want to use it on an ipad or whatever i was talking to a diamond member this weekend who you booked a panama canal cruise for and i was so jealous about that because you know i've been dying to do that so uh another compliment about your service and about how you were so helpful over the phone so this is a advertisement for joe chung but it's not really because joe is so awesome and he does such a good job and it's crazy <laughs> joe's my friend he's right here he's my co-host but i do talk to a lot of people who you help and i never have heard a bad thing and that's uh that says a lot uh, about the cruise space and one more thing before while we're talking about mx offers i'm going to switch to las vegas because when as people who like if they ever watch the vegas show youtube.com forward slash miles to memories our mtm vegas show check it out Great show, host it with Mark. But uh, Win Las Vegas, my favorite hotel in Las Vegas, right? One of my favorite hotels in the world. My home away from home. I wish it was cheaper. I could stay there more often. Well, uh, American Express trying to make it cheaper. There is an Amex offer, which is a $60 statement credit for $300 back at Win or Encore. Yeah, do yourself a favor. I imagine that would work if you had that on a platinum car that had the FHR credit. You could probably double dip that. So great property and uh, always nice to see when there. So, you know, for those of you who like real fine hotels, then that is a good one. And uh, as you know, Joe, I've stayed in thousands and thousands of hotels. And so if I like when it must be pretty good. 
Must be, must be thousands. Um, yeah, that I, I man, I don't know. I, I sleep on Amex offers too much. I feel like a question for you. Do you? I actually, I know you well enough to know that you don't do this. But sometimes I feel like every month I should just log into Amex, go through all the Amex offers, click all the ones that I think there's any chance of I'm I'm using, and activate them, and then go back later because it's it's like always whenever I want an Amex offer for something, I look for it and it's not there. But I but I feel like I swear it's been there like within the last month or whatever. But they like kind of sell out or or I don't I don't know what the term would be, but. You know, like you can activate it and it'll be good for three months. But if you don't activate it, then like you won't, you won't, it won't be there for you when you want it. And so I, I feel like I need to um, just set aside like 10 minutes every month to just go through and click. So I'm using Max Rewards. I've used it for a while. Their app was really terrible forever. Like terrible, terrible, terrible. Like it would crash and I just stopped using it for a long time. But they updated their app. It is not free. I forget what the cost is. It's just a, a minimal cost. But what it does is it automatically loads the offers for you. And it loads them in a way where you get them on more cards than if you were just to click. Because when you click it on one card, right, it disappears from your other cards. But for some reason, I can get it on multiple cards in my name, multiple cards in my wife's name. Like that Lowe's Amex offer uh, that's uh, for the end of the year. Uh, which I think is, what, 50 off of 200, uh, I believe. But that I have on, like, eight cards between the two of us. In two people's names, it's over eight cards. So Max Rewards can help, and the fact that they fixed their app is truly incredible. Uh, it's not perfect, but it's much better than it was because once you added a certain number of accounts, and, you know, people in this hobby, we have a lot of American Express cards, so I have a lot of accounts and a lot of, you know, things that it's tracking. It would just become unusable, so I just would never use it and, you know, kind of... I don't know, detached a little bit from MX offers, but now that it's there, it's like I got excited because it just sort of, you got to open the app and let it load it, but, you know, then it does its work. And I was, uh, the other day I just hit submit, and then all of a sudden I have my eight Lowe's offers, and I think that's worth doing if people can save money. And it probably will pay for itself because you're going to find more offers than you will. And, like, for example, with the Lowe's offer, they sell gift cards for everywhere. I know locally they smell, they spend... <laughs> They sell gift cards for my grocery store, Smith's, which is our local Kroger affiliate. I could buy those gift cards at 25% off. I could use those gift cards to buy other gift cards at Smith's, earn fuel points, you know, get Uber gift cards, then let's say at 25% off, whatever. So lots of opportunities. So the more you can get those on other cards, especially if you're somebody who's, you know, very diligent, uh, then it can be good. I remember a couple years ago, we did a New Year's Eve trip to San Diego and I made Jasmine <laughs> go to Lowe's with me. And at that point, that's when you could load to like a lot of different cards uh, before they really got the uh, the algorithm to kind of remove them. And so I think we had like 25 or 30 cards with the Lowe's offer. And we were there on New Year's Eve because it expired that day going through Lowe's. And it was just absolutely insane. And uh, Joe, those were the days. Definitely. Max Rewards, $84 a year, by the way. So, I mean, literally $100 off of $500 Amex offer, and uh, you are all set. All right, uh, Sean, unless you have anything else, I got a science fair. I got a plan for this Friday, and uh, like I was telling you before we started, it is like worse than planning a wedding, um, having to figure out where these kids are going to stand and all that nonsense. So uh, anything else? Nope. Where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me at As a Joe Flies all over social media. Uh, you can find me at the Museum of Science in Boston this Friday running our school's annual 
Senior Science Fair and uh, Joseph Chung at Travelmation.net if uh, you have any travel needs. What about you, Sean? At Miles to Memories all over social media. We have a couple slots available in the Diamond Group. We are doing two meetups next year, just to kind of put it out there. Diamond-only meetups in Denver and then San Diego. So we have that for more meetups if you're interested. We have our Slack, tons going on, bonus content, all of that stuff. Just a few slots that I just opened up. Uh, at the request of a couple people. So I don't even know if they'll be there by the time you listen to this, but patreon.com forward slash miles to memories for the Vegas stuff, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. And I just want to say thank you again to all the diamond members, both who came this weekend and who are in the group. It's been increasingly, it's been increasingly meaningful for me to get to know everybody. And, you know, I'm very much, I very much love this community and travel and miles and points and everything that it has given me. And, you know, I just continue to try to spread that message and, you know, stay above the fray with everything else and just connect with people who are like-minded and it's a great thing. And on a personal level, thank you everybody who listens. Talk to you next time. See ya.